Welcome to More Than Medicine, where Jesus is more than enough for the ills that plague our culture and our country. Hosted by author and physician Dr. Robert Jackson, his wife Carlotta, and their daughter Hannah Miller, this program will help you understand that human beings are more than just physiology, that for people there's more than just diagnosis and treatment, and that in life there's more than just medicine for a cure. This is More Than Medicine, and the doctor is in. Welcome in. My name is Hannah Miller, and I'm here this week on More Than Medicine with my dad, Dr. Robert Jackson. And we have a guest this week, and that's Dr. Matt Clark. And so, Dr. Clark, uh, introduce yourself to our listening audience. Let them know who you are, where you're from, your family, and what what kind of medical doctor that you are. Well, Hannah, thank you for having me. I'm really glad to be with you and Dr. Jackson today. I live uh, down near Augusta, Georgia, North Augusta, South Carolina, and my wife and I and our 11 children uh, live here and love my work and my church and our area and our state. I'm an allergy and asthma physician in North Augusta. I've been enjoying that as a solo practitioner since 2008 when I finished my uh, allergy and asthma fellowship. Where did you go to school, Matt? I uh, graduated from the University of Georgia, and then I did my medical training at the Medical College of Georgia, completed my uh, MD in 1995. And where'd you do your fellowship? Same place? I did. uh, After I was in the Navy for eight years as a Navy physician, I completed an aerospace medicine residency, including a master's in public health while I was in the Navy. And then after uh, getting out of the Navy after eight years, ended up Uh, back here at the Medical College of Georgia, did a residency in pediatrics, and then after that completed my fellowship in allergy, asthma, and immunology at the Medical College of Georgia. How about that? Now, I understand that you're also pastoring a church. Tell us about that. That is is correct. Well, uh, I'm so thankful to testify to God's grace in my life, Dr. Jackson. Uh, I was not raised in a Christian home and really wasn't looking for the Lord, but the age of 22, right before I started medical school, uh, the Lord God brought me into uh, contact with a group of Christians there at the Medical College of Georgia who shared the gospel with me. And the Lord showed me my sin and convinced me of my jeopardy. And I was so thankful to discover the cross of Christ and the death of my precious Savior for me at that time. And just gladly confessed my sins to God at that time. And uh, It was wonderful. I was not married to my dear wife at the time, but uh, she was with me. And uh, she also came to Christ on that same day. Amazing. Uh, August 23rd, 1991. I'll never forget it. And so I've been wanting to follow the Lord all my life and doing all I can because of my love and gratitude to him for what he's done for me to serve him. And so when I was here in fellowship in 2006 and uh, seven and eight, well, you know, those two years between six and eight, uh, just got involved in uh, studying the scriptures and worshiping God. Uh, seeking the Lord, and through a number of circumstances, the Lord called me into the ministry and brought together a, a group of folks who desired to have a Bible-founded church, a church that's founded in the Word of God, pre- preaching the Word of God, living out the Word of God, worshiping Him in spirit and truth, uh, and not shying away from anything the Scriptures teach and finding every word to be uh, joyful and glorious. And so I was ordained uh, into the ministry in uh, 2014, if I remember correctly, the exact date. Yep. So that's uh, that's the story. I'm just very thankful to God to have these opportunities in my life to serve Him. 
And how long have you been pastoring now? Uh, the church effort itself, uh, brother, began in uh, 2008, and our current church was founded in 2010. Well, how about I've been that? preaching, preaching all those years. All right, sir. Well, now my next question for you, Doctor Clark, is how, how did you get involved with pro-life work? This is Sanctity of Human Life Month, and that's the reason why I wanted to interview you in particular. And uh, I really want to know how in the world did you get involved with pro-life work? Well, brother, um, it was really a, a theological discovery realizing that the Lord Jesus Christ is the King of Kings and the ruler of the Kings of the earth. And that, um, I have a duty as a citizen to, uh, to speak that truth to my elected officials and let them know that they will be held accountable before the Lord for the decisions that they make as elected officials. And so I just kept, had never really thought of that as a Christian and, and that as an expression of my love for Christ. And so kind of discovering that, uh, I began to think more and simply put, I just began to imagine what does it mean to love my neighbor as myself? And uh, the killing of innocent children inside the womb had always grieved me. And I would pray. But in the course of this situation, brother, I realized that I could do a lot more to love my neighbors inside the womb. These are my neighbors that Jesus said to love my neighbor as myself. If, if I'm inside this, this womb in jeopardy inside South Carolina, what would I want? Christians, uh, my neighbors uh, outside of the womb to be doing to protect me. And that really moved me, brother. And I, I just prayed to the Lord. I said, I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. But if you would like me to be involved, Lord, I, I would like you to show me and lead me. And it wasn't very long after that that uh, Richard Cash got to know him in his um, U.S. Senate campaign. And uh, shortly after that, he reached out to me about starting the effort, uh, the personhood South Carolina effort. And it was very clear to me at that time that the Lord was leading me to participate in the personhood effort. Well, now, who, who works with you with uh, personhood as an organization? We have a wonderful board. Um, our other two uh, board members are Pastor, Pastor Andrew Dion, he's in Spartanburg, and also Mrs. Uh, Ashley Lawton, uh, who's a pro-life heroine uh, and has a, a beautiful and wonderful testimony uh, in her life of uh, having been conceived in rape, and uh, she just delivers a beautiful, wonderful testimony every time she has an opportunity to help help our elected officials stop and think about these rape and incest exceptions and realize it's not an academic conversation. We're talking about human beings. That's right. We interviewed Miss Ashley Lawton uh, on our radio broadcast a year ago this mm -hmm. month, and she has a very powerful testimony. Well, now, yes, what, what is your objective with personhood? The personhood movement exists uh, really as an effort to I mean, the ultimate goal in personhood is for us to have laws in our state that are pleasing to Christ. Um, certainly, obviously, we want to stop the killing of every single baby inside the womb. But we're not a humanistic organization. We are a Christian organization, first and foremost, devoted to pleasing God. And so what we desire is to have laws that are according to the righteousness of God. 
And we believe such laws are, are really very simple. And that is that uh, every baby is made by God. Every baby is placed in the womb and given uh, infinite value. Uh, the Lord says that they're made in his image. What can be uh, more valuable than being made in God's image? We're not like the animals. We're not like anything else in creation. We're made in the image of God. And that means uh, that when we talk about the right to life and human dignity and the intrinsic value of human beings, we have to include every single human being in that conversation because they're made by God in his image. So based on that simple premise, uh, we believe that our laws should strive for equal protection, should require equal protection for every single baby without exception, beginning at conception from the very beginning of human life all the way to the end of human life. And so personhood legislation will seek to reestablish, restore equal legal protection for every baby in South Carolina beginning at conception without exception. And not only is this biblical, not only is this pleasing to God, but it's also constitutional. It takes us to what the 14th Amendment actually means when it talks about equal legal protection. Now, what do you say, Matt, to those that want to have exceptions in legislation for children who are conceived with handic physical handicaps or conceived in rape or as a result of incest? You know, I, I hear these arguments all the time. Uh, what is your response to that? Well, brother, um, I mean, the first thing is we have to grant that these are very, very, very difficult situations. Um, when you talk about a woman who has been so horribly mistreated, um, we have to pause and, and, and really take the time to consider uh, what we're talking about. Or, you know, the woman who's carrying a child that the doctor has said, your, your baby your baby cannot survive. Uh, we kind of have to stop for a minute because obviously there are a lot of theological and subsequently logical arguments and constitutional arguments that we have to make. But we really have to stop and just be honest and say, yeah, this is hard. These are hard moments that require faith. And so as we talk about the truth, we have to acknowledge that we have to have faith to believe this truth and to live this truth in the midst of extremely difficult situations in life. And so having said that, which I think it needs to always be said, then we can say to these elected officials, you know, you are, according to the Declaration of Independence, uh, you know, the, what does it mean to be a statesman in America, right? What does it mean to be a good political leader in America? Well, in America, it means that you understand that ultimately your job is to secure the rights, secure the human rights, the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of ha happiness. That's their job is to secure it not to define who gets those rights. That's right. And so what has happened in political leadership is that they've been deceived, they've been tricked, uh, they've been pressured into believing that they actually are kind of like God, that they get to decide who's human and who's not. Because essentially that's what they're doing. They're dehumanizing these neighbors of ours and you look at a child who's been conceived because of this horrible act of a rapist and you look at that child and that child is innocent 
That's right. Uh, in, in addition, we look at the, the science of the situation. Women who have been through this horrible situation and who end up killing their baby, they have worse suffering. Two violent acts is not the answer for women in that terrible situation. They've, they've been horribly abused, horribly abused at the hands of a rapist, and, and then they undergo further abuse when their child is murdered. And so it's bad for the women, too. It's bad for the women, too. And so what we say is punish the rapist, not the baby. Punish the rapist, not the baby. Know that that child is innocent and stand for justice and do not let that child's life be destroyed because of the suffering and the confusion of that whole situation. Stand for that child's life. Stand up for what's best for that mother as well and carry out justice upon that wicked man who carried out that act. When it comes to a child who's sick in the womb and the doctor says they're definitely going to die, well, first of all, we have to say that there's a lot of stories where that child did not die. Mm-hmm. And we don't know what God, we don't know what God will do. And uh, secondly, again, uh, that child has the right to life. And while it's an extremely difficult situation, we have to say that that child's been made by God. I have some dear friends who went through this and they were given the information and they love the Lord and they know that he makes no mistakes and they loved that child after that baby was born and um, held that baby and loved that baby and gave their baby a name and shortly thereafter they buried that child uh, but they all had a relationship with that little baby after it was born and it was healing for um, that family it was healing for them mm-hmm. those are the kinds of things we'd say to elected officials about those those matters yeah yes exactly right and i've had similar situation with some of my patients i had a, a school teacher who came to me one time with a uh, a diagnosis prenatally of a, a trisomy 18 child and the doctor told her to, uh, without any doubt the child would not survive and he pushed her and prodded her to have a, an abortion early in her pregnancy but she was a christian woman she was opposed to abortion she came to see me wanting to know what she should do and i just told her i said the decision that you make is a part of your christian testimony and I told her, I said, if you choose abortion, nobody's going to fault you, but you'll have to live with that decision the rest of your life. And on top of that, it's going to do hurt and harm to your testimony as a God-fearing Christian woman that you took part in the killing of your innocent unborn child. And you know what she did? She looked at me and she said, thank you, Dr. Jackson. I knew that's what I should do, that I should give life to my child, but I just needed to hear somebody say it. And then she cried great big crocodile tears. And she did. She gave birth to that child, much to the consternation of her obstetrician. And the baby lived only a few hours, and she rocked that little baby in her arms until that baby breathed its last. And she told me later that it took her over a year to grieve the loss of that little baby. But she told me, she said, Dr. Jackson, I have a clear conscience before God. And she said, you were exactly right. She said, my testimony is intact. She said, I am not one of those who sacrificed their good testimony 
just for the convenience of not carrying a child that had issues. And she said, I'm so thankful for your counsel to me. And later, about another year went by, and she shared her testimony with over a thousand people at a crisis pregnancy center banquet. A very strong testimony. And now she ministers to other women who have similar situations and has a very effective Christian ministry simply because she chose to give life to her child in a, in a difficult circumstance. And, and I share with people all the time that there's no circumstance, no matter how difficult, that justifies the killing of an innocent, unborn child. And there's no doubt that there are a lot of difficult circumstances. You're a medical doctor and so am I. And we counsel with people all the time who are confronted with uh, unborn children that have medical issues. We counsel with women who've conceived as a consequence of rape or incest. And all of these are emotionally charged situations. But the children are, the, are, are, are innocent. And their lives are sacred. They're created in the image of God. And you see, it's a, an, an estimation of the value of a culture, how we treat those who are weakest and the most defenseless. Not how we treat the strong and the powerful and the wealthy, but how we treat the weakest and the most defenseless. And who is more defenseless than a child in the mother's womb? And when we treat them with honor and respect and we care for them and defend them and serve as their advocate, that's the true measure of a Christian culture that values life. Go ahead, brother. I didn't mean to go off on a tangent there. Well, no, brother. It's uh, what you've said is uh, an extension, an example of what is what we believe is pleasing to God. And uh, we pray for there to be thousands and thousands of people who will walk in faith towards God in difficult times. Yeah. And that will be able to uh, rise up out of the, the darkness of this culture and begin to really demonstrate the glory of trusting God in difficult times and the glory of every single child that God creates and how we honor God and we please God when we trust Him with the life, any life that He has given to us. Well, Matt, there are lots of pro-life bills that are promoted every year in the legislature in South Carolina. What makes the personhood bill so unique well there's a lot of different ways to approach this answer um, the simplest way to say it brother is that uh, year in and year out since we started personhood the personhood effort the personhood legislation there's also been amendment efforts but this per personhood effort it's the only effort that aims to stop every single killing Mm -hmm. to, to protect every single innocent child inside the womb, beginning at conception and without exception. And so the reality is, if personhood was passed by the South Carolina legislature, there would be no need for any other pro-life bills. We would outlaw all abortion in South Carolina, and 
then we would expect our elected officials to enforce this law and carry it out within our state. So, you know, you could ask people questions like this. Did you know that if personhood was passed, every child would be protected, even those without a heartbeat? Mm-hmm, that's right. Or you, could, or you could say, did you know that if personhood was passed, not a single child would ever be ripped apart inside the womb again? That's right. And so we hope that we'll be able to spread the word that personhood is simply trying to live out what is given to us in God's word about the intrinsic value of every single human being and what is clearly stated in the United States Constitution that we are absolutely to provide equal protection under the law for every single person in our jurisdiction. Uh, so there's and there's nothing else. There's no other legislation that does that. Well, I've been praying, Brother Matt, for over 30 years that God would bring an end to abortion in South Carolina and that He would close all of the abortion clinics. When we started 30 years ago, there were nine abortion clinics in this state, and now there are only three. Mm-hmm. When we started in the 1980s, there were 15,800 abortions in this state at the peak in 1985 and the last year i have statistics there were 7,000 abortions uh in south carolina in, in um 2016 i think is the last stats that i have available to me so the pro-life education movement the pro-life legislation movement the praying the crisis pregnancy centers all the things that we as pro-lifers are doing is, is having an, a, a strong impact in our state. But it continues to break my heart that there are still over 7,000 unborn children in our state who die by abortion every year in South Carolina. Oh. Amen, brother. And we're all thankful, aren't we, for what the Lord has done, uh, regardless of how he's done it. We're mm-hmm. thankful for what the Lord has done to bring those numbers down, like you've mentioned. We're also very, very grateful for that. Yeah. Uh, and and we, uh, we want to see uh, a day when babies in our state are protected by the laws of our state, every single one of them. Yeah. Well, well, people are listening, Matt, and they're probably wondering, what in the world can they do to be involved in the pro-life movement? What, what are your suggestions to our listeners? Well, brother, for what we're asking... Um, what we're requesting folks to do when personhood sending out when we're sending out our message. The first thing we do is we, we want people to pray, brother. Amen. Um, we cannot we cannot overemphasize that this is a spiritual battle. The, the the victory necessary in the hearts and the minds of the people of this state and our elected officials is absolutely first and foremost the victory of the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, where people's hearts and minds are brought to that point of confessing their own sins before God and rising up in gratitude and the forgiveness that Christ's blood provides for them. And then beyond that, that the Holy Spirit of God and the Word of God would be poured out in their minds and that they would be strengthened with courage to do what God says and that that would happen all over our state and throughout all of the halls, uh, everywhere our elected officials walk in this state. So pray, 
please make it a part of your daily prayers. God's, Cry out to God. God's ear is not so, his arm is not so short that he cannot save, and his ear is not so dull that he cannot hear. Amen, brother. Amen. What other suggestions Secondly, do you have? Go ahead. Well, we say personhood first, personhood now. We ask them to reach out to their elected officials and just say, listen, personhood first, personhood now. And, and just politely insist that we end all baby murder immediately. The two leaders, uh, Senator Richard Cash in the Senate and Representative Josiah Magnuson in the House, they deserve encouragement and praise and commendation. So, you know, a lot of times we're reaching out and asking people to do things. Pray for these two men and reach out to them and encourage them and say thank you for their leadership in this area. And, you know, right right now, brother, uh, an important thing in our state right now is uh, this coming Thursday, there's going to be a medical affairs committee, a subcommittee meeting with Senator Tom Davis as the uh, subcommittee chairman. And I want everyone to know that Senator Tom Davis, he'll end up being the, if if the rape and incest exceptions are, are introduced, if an amendment comes up, he will be the swing vote. When you look at the two Republicans and the two Democrats in that subcommittee, it's it's very likely we know how those two will vote on this question. But unfortunately, sadly in the past, Senator Tom Davis voted the wrong way on this, against life, and promoted the rape and incest exceptions the last time this came up in the medical affairs discussion. And that was in the full committee last time. Now, I know that Senator Davis has been closely watching these things, and he's been moved by some of the things that he's heard from personhood. So I'm asking all the state to reach out to Senator Tom Davis between now and Thursday and say, Senator Davis, please watch this video about Ashley Lawton. Please understand that your position needs to be reconsidered. We implore you to change your mind and protect. If you're going to protect babies with a heartbeat, protect every baby with a heartbeat. That's right. That's right. Exactly right. What Thursday is that? What's the date for that? The 14th. Okay, so the 14th. Um, That's right. Some people on our broadcast may hear after, but others will hear it before. So I just wanted to make sure uh, that people would know what that exact day is. I understand. All right. Well, you have been listening to Dr. Matt Clark. He is an allergist in North Augusta, South Carolina. He's also a pastor uh, in that same vicinity. And he is um, the leader of a personhood organization in South Carolina that promotes the personhood bill. He has been our guest, and he's a good friend of mine, and I've been honored to have him on my program. And for our listening audience, Matt, tell them again, how many children do you have? (laughs) We have 11 children. The Lord's blessed us with eight biological children, and we have three adopted children. You know, it's instant fun at our house, brother. I bet. Well, it's like a circus at my house every night. <laughs> Amen. 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 We have less than a minute left, so just within a few seconds, can you tell us how people could possibly reach out and uh, hear more about personhood or follow personhood or just try to connect with you guys if they would like to be a part of that movement? Absolutely. You can go to our uh, website at personhood.sc. And they can uh, go there and learn more about the movement, learn, learn about the bills that are in place. And they can also go to our Facebook page. If they go to Facebook, they'll find us at uh, Personhood South Carolina. 
they can see how to get involved. We we hope to have the districts very active, praying, communicating, and they can see all the ways they can donate and be really involved in trying to end abortion in South Carolina. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to today's edition of More Than Medicine. You can follow Jackson Family Ministry on Facebook, Instagram, and on their website. Be sure to contact them via jacksonfamilyministry at gmail.com for speaking engagements and for book information. Join us next time for More Than Medicine.